It's time for Chic Shit Only. Hi, everybody. It's me, Lauren Zima, and welcome to episode two of Chic Shit Only. Thank you so much to all of you who watched episode one and listened to it. You can watch the episodes on my Instagram and on YouTube, and you can listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. So if you liked it, if you loved it, if you want some more of it, as they say... Not the chicest saying, I'll be honest. Um, let's come up with something new. If you want to give it a big whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> I heard somebody say whoop-dee-doo on TikTok the other day. They were telling a story about their dad and how their dad said whoop-dee-doo. Let's bring that phrase back. You know what I mean? Everything that's old can become new again. And I'm like, whoop, whoop-dee-fucking-doo. Okay? Whoop-dee-fucking-doo. Make it a big old whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> it's so versatile. I adore when a phrase can be used in a variety of ways, such as chic shit only. So please tell your friends about chic shit only. Get them listening. And please do like and follow and subscribe and rate because it really does help things. It really does. So now that all of that's aside, let's get into it. Um, this week, my guest is the incredible Dorinda Medley of The Real Housewives of New York. If you are a Bravo fan, well, I'm with you and I'm a Bravo stand up and uh, just live for it. I live for it. I breathe for it. Without it, I'd fall right over, you know? Um, I actually, you know, of course, have done a lot of Bachelor coverage in my career, but loved The Housewives and Bravo long before The Bachelor. I was a newer watcher to The Bachelor when I started at Entertainment Tonight. Um, and uh, to be honest, a big part of the reason I got into it was like covering it for work. The Housewives I've just always loved. And uh, I will be talking about Bravo things on this podcast because big, big fan. Dorinda Medley affected me in a way that I think it's it's reality TV at its best when this happens, which is someone who's on reality TV and you love watching them, but they also touch you emotionally. You relate to them and you learn from them. That's the best type of TV character regardless. But on reality TV, I think it's harder to do because it's natural. It's got to be these people who you find. You can't just write the characters to do all those things. And Dorinda Medley is one who did that for me. I mean, the woman has given us such phrases as clap, and uh, make it nice. She made it nice, which is the title of her book, which is part of the reason I was interviewing her. I mean, is the reason I was interviewing her. So go check it out and pick it up. And it's fabulous. And she touched me um, because she had lost her husband. And it was just, it would have been his uh, birthday this week. And so she uh, paid homage to him on Instagram in a beautiful tribute post. And I lost my dad when I was in college. And, you know, grief Grief is painful for all, but it's different for all as well. And watching Dorinda talk about losing her husband on Real Houses of New York really helped me understand my mom. It helped me better grasp the loss my mom was going through and made me a lot more empathetic, honestly. Um, I was a... Not that I wasn't. It was just... It's hard to understand what you can't relate to at all. And at 22, I could not comprehend what it was like to lose your partner of 25 years, which is what my dad was to my mom. So Dorinda really helped me see a, a little glimpse into what that was and improved my relationship with my mom and my relationship with grief. And part of the reason that I wanted to talk to her about all that and about her book for you all is that her book is about much more than the housewives. It's about 
the relationships in her life. Dorinda was married, divorced, is a mom, lost her husband, um, who was her second marriage. And so she's been, she's been through the ringer in a lot of ways. And she's also had a lot of great love in her life. So she's um, also had incredible careers and lived all over the world. So she just, she's like a, a, a wonderful aunt figure that I just adore. And I really was going through her book, underlining things because she had so many incredible things to say. So that is coming up. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I love a phrase. I love when somebody gives you a takeaway because that sticks with you. You know, she once said on the show, um, say it, forget it, write it, regret it. And if that is an advice, you know, so those things will stick with you and they'll help you. And that is the interview. But first, before the interview, the prelogue, the prelude, the prologue, the pre, I'm not saying those words, right? No, I'm not. Gosh, you know, my boyfriend's daughter uh, is in, uh, shout out to Taylor Harrison, who I love deeply. She's in high school right now. And man, am I relearning some stuff through her? <laughs> I love to talk to her about her homework because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what a, pre- a prologue is. <laughs> we don't use these things. You know, you don't remember them years later. And then they kind of come back to you through kids, which is amazing. Um, she's in AP psychology right now. I'm like, Taylor, tell me all, tell me all you're learning about relationships, you know. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm relearning English <laughs> But I'm also very glad to no longer be in high school. Um, So I, uh, I'm, what, why am I saying all this? I'm saying because here's the prelude, prelude, (laughs) I'm gonna have to look it up, to the interview. So we are getting into chic shit only, chic or shit, chic of the week. Let's talk about the week at large, because you know, part of this podcast is about me reviewing what has happened. First of all, Oh my gosh, we had some stuff dropping this week. Some news we can use, okay? Some news we can booze because we are going to be brought content that we can have a cocktail to, which I appreciate. Chic. The first trailer for the new Game of Thrones prequel, that's a word I know, series, House of Dragons. Dropped by HBO. Oh, if you all watch me on Roses and Rosé, you know I made some Game of Thrones references. I am like a reality TV junkie with a fantasy world geek at heart, okay? I love Game of Thrones. I love Harry Potter. I love Star Wars. I love Lord of the Rings. And not as much as some. But in a, in a, in a, commercial and an elevated commercial way. I'm not just, I'm not just going to the movies, you know, I'm reading the books and I'm, I'm finding the Easter eggs and I'm digging deeper, but I'm not like on a level of like, I mean, I haven't read all the Lord of the Rings books. Some people have (laughs) all the prelogues and preludes and sequels and we need a word for the third of something because we keep you part three sequel has a word. Threequel, thriquel. Thrivescent? No. Let me know in the comments below. So this show, House of Dragons, prequel to Game of Thrones, and they did not disappoint with this trailer. I was worried because there was also another Game of Thrones series in the works with Naomi Watts, and I can't believe it. Naomi Watts, big name, that show, not greenlit. Got pulled. Not happening. I think it looks incredibly chic. I don't think they're going to disappoint us because obviously they are being pretty stringent with what they're choosing to green light if they didn't give Naomi Watts the go ahead. Um, so I think this one's going to be good. 
I can't wait. Are you into it? Do you want to watch House of Dragons? Will you be watching House of Dragons? Let me know in the comments below. Now, speaking of part of the reason that I like shows such as that, let's talk about escapism. Um, you know, I think it's a chic thing to be able to check out and escape a little bit. That's what movies and TV shows and, you know, podcasts like this are for, right? And that's why I love fantasy shows, you know. Um, I mean, don't even get me started on Harry Potter right now. I'm, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But I wanted to ask you guys if you are into a story and another couple of podcasts that I'm very obsessed with right now, which is the whole Elizabeth Holmes Theranos saga. Have you heard of this? The woman who started the company Theranos, she's being dubbed by some like the Bernie Madoff of our generation. She allegedly uh, misled, if not lied to people about what her company could do. Here's what she promised. I do have an impression. Please feel free to judge. Chic or shit, my Elizabeth Holmes impression. We could take a drop of blood and change the world. And first they say you're crazy, but then they listen to what you have to say. Well, how was it? I'm not blonde, but I th <laughs> I've thought about being her for Halloween. So Theranos, if you guys don't know, is basically she got all of this investment money from people like Rupert Murdoch with deals like Walgreens, hundreds of millions of dollars for this um testing device that was allegedly going to change the face of medicine by making it so that instead of having to have like vials and vials of your blood drawn for tests, everything could be done just with a drop of blood. You know, it never happened. I, from the podcast that I've listened to, which have been many, the machine could never do more than like around 12 tests. That's what they, they claim in their investigations. I... I'm just obsessed with this. Two podcasts I've been listening to about it are called The Dropout and Bad Blood. The Dropout is by ABC News, I believe, and Bad Blood is by John Carreyrou, the guy who first broke the story that this was allegedly all a farce. And I'm so fascinated by it because I've realized it's so escapist from my life. <laughs> like, I do entertainment news for a living, so sometimes watching movies and TV shows is just like so part of the work. Look at me, I'm over here, Freaking escaping with financial scandals. Who would have thought? I certainly don't understand all the financial ins and outs of it, but I'm like, where'd those hundreds of millions go? She said she had a $140 million deal with Walgreens. Yeah, what, where did it go? She was flying on private planes, you know? Yeah, no, they, they found emails. They found text messages. They're looking at all of her documentation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no shit. So here's who was on her board. And... <laughs> escapism can mean things for so different things for all of us, right? Like for me, I've noticed that a lot of my friends, they'll text me because they want to like talk about something in entertainment news and I'm happy to do it. But sometimes I'm so deep in it that I'm like 10 steps ahead of where they've even started to look because it's not their world. This is my world. So my world, escapism for me, what's the opposite of entertainment news? Financial news. <laughs> It really is. Politics, not so much because politics is actually, I would argue, more dramatic than entertainment news a lot of the time. But financial news, not always. Well, guess what? 
I've been gifted with a financial scandal. And it's horrible. Many of the things that she, um, you know, the situations she put people in, I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying, I'm diving in. You know, it's like we all have to acknowledge that we obviously like to escape with some crime and murder podcasts. We have to acknowledge the darkness of that. We have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, why do you enjoy listening to this content? Why is it? I, I might book someone on the podcast to help me understand that. Like, why are we escaping with this? Sometimes I've thought to myself, is it because if I'm in a stressful situation, on some level am I listening to it and I'm like, not as bad as they've got it. (laughs) I know how dark that sounds. All right, a different kind of escapism. We are giving a chic shout out. Chic shit only is always found in the form of fall. Oh, everybody, it's fall. It's spooky season. We are here in October and I couldn't be feeling happier about it. Granted, you know, I walk outside in California, not that I'm complaining, but it is a cool hundred degrees, you know, and I don't see a red or an orange leaf in sight. Um, yeah, none to be found. So I'm not really feeling the fall in terms of the weather that's all around me, but I'm used to that. So I get into the fall mood by going to, oh, a place that absolutely defines escapism. Marshalls or TJ Maxx or Home Goods. I love them all. Where is the first place that you all go in order to feel the spooky vibes? That's where I go. I head right over to Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Home Goods. They are so great about putting the festive stuff right at the front of the store when you go in. You're going to see, you know, some little, um, figurines of skulls you're gonna see some like like fun witches to like plant in your yard and like be decorative you're gonna see the signs that say hello fall and I don't like when stuff's written on stuff I don't like that it's too obvious but I do believe in the accoutrements and I just go in there and I smell the candles that's a big part of it all of your senses will be pleased I can spend hours in the candle and the soap aisles of those stores. And they've got the fall scents right now, the pumpkin spice, the apple cider, the uh, pumpkin latte, if they're feeling specific. And that's exactly what I need. Um, It's just a way to escape a chapter, right? Like we're currently in one chapter and nature, and by nature, I mean Marshall's TJ Maxx Home Goods in my case, are, is giving us a new chapter, a new beginning. And it's hard for me to concentrate when we start to get into fall and the holidays. I will admit, like, I I just want to watch Harry Potter all day. I've got my headphones in. You know, I'm, I'm walking around and people are like, what's she listening to? The Harry Potter soundtrack. <laughs> I will listen right to it. I will get into it. That or musical theater. I've taken to listening to musical theater shows on my way to work in the morning. Really a way to like pump you up for the day because there's always a song in every show that's like about resurgence and like getting it together and like this is the character moving forward. And I'm like, yes, I want to move forward in my day. I'm the character. I'm the, I'm never the main character. I'm not. I'm usually the funny friend, but I'm okay with that. I like it. She's, it's a fun place to be. Where's the origin story for the funny friend? That's a rom-com I might write. I've been thinking about writing. I used to do it, and I'm going to get into it again. Um, okay, so it's fall. It's spooky season. What are the ways that you all enjoy the fall? Let me know in the comments below. It it's very much begins with candles for me and Harry Potter. And uh, I... 
am debating doing a third re-listen to the books, like the third re-listen I've done like the past year. It's the time. Tis the season, everybody. So we are feeling chic with our escapism, chic with our new shows, chic with the new chapter of the fall season. But we do got to get into some shit, okay? Instagram, down this week. One segment we're doing on this podcast, chic or shit, a hot take, a debate. A lot of people thought it was shit. A lot of people said, where's Instagram? What am I doing? The funny jokes were flying left and right. I got to say, chic. I'm okay with Instagram being gone for a day. It could be gone for longer. Like, have you all noticed, have you seen your friends starting to do these mental health breaks? They're like, I got to take a mental health break. FYI, I'm tweeting this out. I'll be off Facebook and Instagram for a while. Why do we need to do that? If you all have not watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma, go do it. It is very much about how there is a, a, a chemical addiction that we have to social media and how harmful it is. I... Got to be honest, I wouldn't use Instagram if it wasn't like a great way to connect with you all. I, I don't I don't feel great. You know, when I'm done scrolling through Instagram, I don't feel good. I don't feel better. And if we're all having to take breaks from it, that's like saying, okay, I got to do like a sober January. You know, think about, think about, they're one and the same. Instagram and alcohol, they're not. I'm not saying that, but there's a connection, okay? In my opinion. Um, I thought it was chic that Instagram was down and I'm not, (laughs) I don't mean like, I'm sure it was hellacious for the people who worked there, but I'm okay with us taking a break. And I kind of think we could all use more breaks. And I wish that it was all more regulated. I really do, especially for teenagers, for kids. You know, when I was young, we had D.A.R.E., which I feel like stood for drug abuse resistance education. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. I don't know if they do dare in schools anymore, but I think we got to teach our kids how to use social media and how to. And now we are going to do a segment finishing up our prologitude sequel called Chic of the Week and Shit of the Week. Our Chic of the Week goes to, it happened basically one week ago today of this podcast coming out. The Free Britney Movement. Oh my gosh, you guys. For Entertainment Tonight, I have been at the past, I don't know how many, Britney Spears conservatorship hearings. I've gotten to know the Free Britney folks a little bit. um, And I am just in awe of their drive, of their passion. And I am so glad to see that Britney Spears, um, who, if you missed it, is now free on some level from her father, Jamie, as her conservator. He has been suspended from her conservatorship. She acknowledged that the Free Britney movement, that the fans were so incredibly important in making that happen for her. Hats off, chic of the week to the Free Britney protesters. They took so much time. They were just fans, you know, and people called them crazy. And it turns out not only were they like right about a lot of the Britney stuff, it it was in some ways I found once I heard Britney speak in court, even worse than we thought it could have been. Um, so cheers to them. I, I'm, I have a coffee with me right now, a coffee with oat milk in it. And that's, that's a beautiful thing to cheers with. Okay. My shit of the week, conversely, Jamie Spears. It had to be said. It had to be said. That man, you know, his lawyers have always argued that Jamie has just been trying to put his daughter first and be the best conservator and that his job wasn't easy. I'm not saying it was. But when you hear some of the stuff that's come out, some of the allegations, 
And when we have all learned that Brittany never wanted seemingly her father to be the conservator, what are we doing? You know, this man needs to be held accountable for the way that he interacted with this conservatorship. And I am saying that in like the lightest way possible. I'm I'm pouring sunshine on what has happened here. So Britney Spears, she is free of Jamie. And oh, we just want Britney to be happy and healthy and enjoy her life. She deserves it. And Jamie Spears, I I I want that lawyer, Britney's lawyer told me he's gonna investigate things and I want the truth to come out. I really do. So Chic of the Week, Shit of the Week, uh, this saga is not totally over, but what a massive step for Brittany. And the, the lawyer told me he wants her conservatorship to be ended entirely. We'll see what happens. What do you think of it all? Let me know in the comments below. And now, speaking of relationships and uh, how to navigate them all, I am going to return with my guest, Dorinda Medley. I've been saying it for months. And I don't have to say it anymore. What are we doing here without Dorinda? She is here. Dorinda Medley. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in the house. In the house. Not in the Berkshires. Not in Bruce Shaw Manor, unfortunately, as I promised. But you're supposed to be the there. House. But it was a hurricane. I left my apartment on the Upper East Side at one time. I thought, okay, Amtrak is scheduled. Much of North is closed. The whole city's underwater. And I got an Uber at 1020 to go to the Berkshires. And all I can tell you is I came back through my door at, on the Upper East Side at 718. I was I had found out everything about an Uber driver that I do and don't want to know. At one point, he said we were going to have to spend the night. So I don't know. It was just all going like, I don't know if I can take you home because we couldn't get back into the city. I was so disgusted and beyond beside myself that I had a half of a jar of olives left. I basically took the vodka bottle, poured the vodka inside the olive jar, put some ice and swirled it with a fork. It was so really not making it nice in my normal style, but I just was disgusted. Well, you know what your incredible successful book is about? It's called Make It Nice, but it's also about making it through. This book expands on the phrase make it nice in the most beautiful, incredible Dorinda Medley advice giving ways. I mean, I wrote down here, Dorinda, that you say in the book, what you want to do is light the way for people. And that is exactly what you do. I've always loved you. I mean, one of my absolute favorite housewives because you brought such depth to the show and that's what this book does. So everybody go get it. And it's already a huge success, but go get it if you don't have it. Well, you've always been such, you know, we hit it off right from the beginning. Don't you, don't you feel that way? We kind of just connected and I just we understood had, we've had some real off you know camera talks and about serious things and we just you get it because you're that kind of woman you get it you love your family you're connected to your family you've suffered uh, uh you know through having a death in your family you mm. are a hard worker and you're very relatable what you talk a lot about is turning failures into successes and you know everybody's at a point right now where like they have been put on pause or, or suffered loss in this past year. And that was kind of the reason you even started writing the book, right? Well, because you were you put know, on pause. The world knows I was put on pause. The new world, the new word for, I don't know. What is it? The new word. for. I love it. It's very, it's very pause. chic. Everyone has to be putting out a mug that says pause. So whenever <laughs> you're not sure what you want, like we could use it for so many things now. We could say to someone, you know what? I just want to put this relationship on pause. It's a beautiful you know rebranding. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really going to make it to the dinner tonight. I think I'll take a pause on that. 
It's such a good new word because it's so gentle, right? Well, but the thing is, Dorinda, but but I don't think everybody gets put on pause. I mean, we've seen women told uh, not just pause, but fast forward and goodbye. And and the film has reached an end on their time on Housewives. You were put on pause, right? I mean, that's what Andy said. Well, because I have a good relationship with Bravo and I have a good relationship with Andy. And, you know, again, here we go. What my mother said to me the day, of course, I was like, okay, Andy. And of course, I went home to my mother who had the miracle gloves on. She was washing the dishes as she seems to be doing 24 hours a day. I don't know how she only lives with my 90 year old father and they don't, they barely eat. They eat like gingerbread men now. But um, she said, if you, if you know, if you know now what you're going to know, then you'll write them a thank you note. Cause I was like, I can't believe I can't because <laughs> to the whole world, I'm like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I'll pick up my wares. I'll be just fine because I'm not, a, you know, I'm sort of onward and upward. I went home and bawled at the kitchen table And it is amazing how um, I was put on pause. The world was put on pause or was in pause. We were all like a bunch of toothpicks in an ocean, weren't we? Like Mm. every day during quarantine, you're like, what, where should I? I mean, I had days, I don't know about you during quarantine. I was like, I'm going to do this. Let's go get them. Yes. It was one extreme or the other. Or you're like, I have nothing to go on for. Let's start new businesses. I'm going to be a poet. And I found myself back at Bluestone Manor which was, you know, in, 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 where I, in the town where I grew up. And it just all worked out to take this journey up, up about myself from the beginning to where I got here. And I literally thought to myself, I'm going to have a conversation. I want this book to be as if I'm sitting in your living room at a cocktail party, one of my favorite places to be, and have someone say, tell me about yourself from the beginning. Andrew, and I just I you, I to show you. Everybody get this book. I'm underlining things in this book. I'm dog-earing this book because you've had loves. You've lost love. You've you've built careers for yourself. You've built homes. You've lived in countries all over the world. It's just great life experience. And, you know, when you... I was also thinking, again, not every housewife would take that pause and turn it into what you have and, and turn it into a book into, you know, you seem in a better place. Do you feel in a better place now than the pause yes. moment? What was, uh, what was your what, emotional reaction when you got the call? I was heartbroken because, you know, no one likes to be rejected. People, all these women can be like, oh no, it was my choice. It was this, but you know, I am sort of in it to win it in all things. Like, and I consider myself a good team player. So, and I knew I had had a bad year the year before, but you know, I thought it was housewife free. And I thought we'll just then have a good year. Can we and talk about, then- can we, can we pause really second, a quick second and talk about that? <laughs> pause. pause. This is our rebrand of pause. I was shocked. I think all the fans were shocked because I didn't understand it. I really didn't. I, you know, maybe it wasn't your best year ever, but you still brought incredible content to the show. And, and to me, you'd not done anything or said anything that warranted it. Did you ever ask why? No, because you know what? I I remember, um, Andy, who, you know, I still have a good, great relationship with. And I, I remember him saying to me something like, do you want to, I think he even said something. I can't remember exactly. Cause I was sort of like, what, what? I just want to talk, call my mom. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, call my mom. Thank you, Eddie. I just wanted to get off because I'm like that. It's a funny thing. I'm very strong and I will stand up for myself, but I actually don't like to be put in bad situations. I'm an avoider. 
like mm. in that way. I, I would rather not. Well, who is? You know? Yeah, right. People think on the show, you know, I'm always so good getting, but really at the other day, I'm like, you know, either throw money at it to make it go away or just hide. That's sort of my theory when I get into bad situations. Excellent options. I think they kind of put me on pause because they know at the end of the day that I'm, they didn't want me to disappear. And they wanted, I think maybe they were watching to see what I would do with it. You know, mm. there's something beautiful about the Phoenix and the rising. Mm. Right. I mean, God, I, I am totally seeing that. And I hope that's the case. And look Coming at how back many on things have grown for me. You know, I am, as you know, very spiritual. You know, I think that I remember a beautiful story when Richard was sick and he was just at the beginning of, I was realizing like this was real sick, not like sick. You go to the hospital and come home and live. And I had, I was in Washington for something. And I woke up really early one morning and I thought, I just need to go to church. Yeah. I don't care what church I'm just going to go to any church that's open because I just need that peace. I'm starting to get freaked out. You know, it's too much. And I ended up in a Baptist church, which I'd never been to in my life. And I totally embraced, totally different experience warm and I ended up really taught afterwards the it's a preacher right that teaches and um yeah the preacher that teaches that gave the sermon and he just caught my eye and it's as if he knew me and I had this moment where afterwards he said could you come and talk to me it's a true story and I was like what because you, know I mean? you know I'm like maybe I'm not allowed to be here you you know I don't know so I'm thinking you know so he called you said he said whatever you're going through he said, it's sometimes God puts you on the wrong side of the mountain and there's no sun and there's lots of rain, but and you struggle. But my God, when you get to the top, how beautiful it is. And then you get to go down the other side. And I remember holding on to that because I felt like that. I felt mm. like I was just getting pummeled everywhere I looked. And then when you go down the other side, you know, you get to enjoy it with a different set of eyes. And I don't think I would have grown as much as I have this year. I had a beautiful opportunity to not have to worry about filming during COVID. I got to spend a tremendous amount of time with my two favorite people, three favorite people, my parents and my daughter. Mm. I got to enjoy Bluestone Manor. I got to write a book, which was much harder than I thought it would be. So I don't know if I would have taken on that adventure if I was struggling to film. I had a partnership with Nutrisystem. I created a Bluestone Manor bourbon. I created a beautiful Bluestone Manor candle. Like it became very creative. Mm-hmm. So and you were, when you're stuck in the cycle of housewives, you don't have time to step back and look at what else could I be doing? Well, it's all, you're talking the book. I it's all in housewives. Way, in order to be a good housewife, you have to eat it, sleep it, drink it. You know, it's like being a football, an NBA football player. You're in it. Mm-hmm. Can I you ask, know? did you, I remember, I don't think they put her on pause, but there was one season where I think they demoted Luann to a friend of. Did you talk at all to Luann about, and I remember thinking that was good for her. Did you talk at all? Like, what were the conversations with the other women like about you being put on pause? Well, I didn't really. I think, you know, people were a little bit stunned. Everybody was a little bit stunned and they didn't know how to handle it. It was, it was almost like a death. Like I was going to say grief. Yeah. They don't know what to yeah, say. Was, Who have you stayed in touch with, even though you went back to Bluestone? Um, I, stay in t- I stay in touch with Luann. I stay in touch with Leah. I haven't so much stayed in touch with Sonia, not because there's any problems, just because she's been traveling and she's all, you know, know where she is. I know. Where is that woman? Yeah. She's in all these hotels and, and things. So we text, um, and, uh, I didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to meet Ebony, but we, I, as she said, I'm watching was live. I gave her a, you know, good luck with the season Mm. and that Ramona, sadly, Ramona and I are not speaking. 
Why? Because we just didn't, I don't know. We just had a really, she, I don't know. It just turned very, it's so funny because I didn't come out of this season thinking that would be the relationship that didn't last, but it didn't. And it's, which is quite sad because listen, outside of the show, we've known each other for 25 years and your children went to the same school. So that, but you never know that could change. One thing the show has made me realize I learned so much from all of you. I've told you this looking up to you as women, because it's, you know, I always say it's not really about age, it's about experience, but it's impossible at a certain age to have the experience of friendships of decades. And so I think one thing the show's made me realize is like romantic relationships, friendships have ebbs and flows when you've been friends with somebody for that long. So it, it sounds like there's, there could be a future for you and Ramona. Yeah. I mean, I never say never. We're much, our friendship was much bigger than the show. I mean, the show was six years. I'm, you know, I, things change, people change, but listen, in the same way, everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And sometimes you realize, especially I've had this during COVID, there's just a lot of people that I tolerated before COVID that I just, it's not that I dislike them more, or whatever. We're just of not of like mind. And I'm kind of coming back in the world thinking, I don't really want to do that anymore. Mm, I just don't. We have friendships for reasons and seasons. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think at this point, if you're not, if we're not growing from each other, we don't have the kind of same thought process and your you know value for each other. I don't know if I want to waste my time on it. And if you remember back in the beginning of the season, we're at um we're at the winery in, in um the Hamptons. And I think I say I'm very vulnerable right now. I'm going through a terrible time. And whatever they call it, you know, you can't blame it on anything, you can't blame it on this, but it just wasn't picked up. It wasn't radar. But again, that's a great, you know, my, my mom, the great Diane Sincala, I call her Buddha in a girdle. Um, she says, you know, everybody has to hang on the cross. We, none of us get away from that. There's, there, everybody has their, their time when they have to climb on that cross. And hey, my mom said, that's not what's important during the time. That's not what's, what's important. What's important to see who comes to visit you and, and nurture you and who comes to burn the cross. Oh, and there are people when you're going through a hard time that use it not to like, I hope that my friendships, the the thing that they value about me is I'm a better friend during hard times. I don't use that vulnerability in their lives to sort of one up them. And, you know, I just think you, you learn a lot about someone that doesn't that's there for the good times, but not for the bad. You know, what's the old saying? It's easy to stop by at my house when I have steak, but will you stop by when I have bread and water? Well, Dorinda, who didn't stop by? <laughs> I don't know. Who, who, do you who think? burned the cross? <laughs> well, it sounds like Ramona because you're not speaking. So I'm just doing just math felt, here. I just was going through a terrible time. And, you know, I feel like, and I'm sure this is going to send everybody out of uh, tizzy now on the podcast. But, you know, I feel like when she was going through a terrible time that really... Uh, I'm, but I'm very good with that. Like I'm very good. I, I that kind of my that side of me kicks in. You know, you can come sleep on my couch. You can come sleep on the, in my bed. You know, I'm sort of come one, come all on the Statue of Liberty. If people just come on, I'm to Bluestone Manor. There's enough room. Just <laughs> grab, grab a blanket. We're good. You know, that's you, you got some criticism for your treatment of Tinsley. Would you change anything about that? Yeah, I probably wouldn't have been as harsh. But you got to remember, we I. I, I knew the relationship mm-hmm. and what came of it, what, what, what I was trying to do is a cautionary tale 
and as it didn't end as well as I think she would have wanted it to end. Right. Uh, I'm going to give myself a subject. No, it just, you know, and I just, it wasn't a healthy relationship. And I was frustrated. I think by the fact that everybody was sort of pretending it was mm. knowing what they knew. You've just hit the nail on the head of something I wanted to ask you about, which is I wrote down, how did you pick such great men? <laughs> and I mean, well, you that have because a great man. I do have a great man. I love your Instagram. It just shines through. You're a great couple together. You're of like minds. We're in sync on things. You know, you talk about you and Richard interviewing him. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting you're a TV person because I'm talking to you like you're just my friend. That's right. You're recording all this. Dorinda. (laughs) You're you're too comfortable with the cameras. No, just kidding. It so makes you great. But no, it's, I mean, look, I, uh, I, I mean, similarly to you, I, I did ha- I was married and divorced. And then now I feel like I found the great guy, but you had a great guy the first time too. I mean, you write about how, yeah. you know, you and Ralph were so incredibly amicable that you, you weren't even too worried about getting legally divorced. No. And I'm how did you, you do wrote, that? How did you wrote you- me the most beautiful text about, I sent them the book, the most beautiful text. And I read it to Hannah and it's, it is such a, it's such a tribute to, you know, to be able to say, it's such a wonderful gift to be able to say that, you know, we didn't dispose of each other. I think so often because people get divorced or it doesn't work out, which is, I think more of an American thing, if I can say that, because in Europe, a lot of people get divorced, but they stay very close. Like I've been to endless dinner parties where the woman's like, Ew, this is my first husband. And this is his new wife, Cassie. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, how's that work? You know what I mean? Like I never I s- build bridges. Them. Don't burn them. Yeah. And, you know, we had this child and she was our focus and he's a good person. So, you know, people that are good people are good people Mm. in the beginning and they should be good people in the end when it doesn't work out. You know, you marry an asshole, you'll end up with an asshole, right? Oh God, write that down. I'm writing that. It's just (laughs) simple, but true, Dorinda. Gosh. Well, cause you did, you had this relationship with Ralph, Hannah's father, you guys and have uh, it still and have it still. And he was, I know Ralph was even part of my quarantine. Come on in. Sure. All are welcome. Sandwich. Hannah's upstairs. I mean, you make it nice in every aspect of your life. You do. And and that's that's why the title of the book is so perfect. Talk to Hannah. I'm not always that way, but I have my days. (laughs) Well, you you have this great relationship with Ralph. You had an incredible love story with Richard. And one thing it made me, you know, wonder was because you also write in the book several times you give the advice that you can't change people. So how did you, I think it's the hardest thing to do in a relationship because for example, you do maybe meet someone in their forties and, and life has helped them grow and, and maybe they're a bit different in their sixties or something, you know? So how do you choose the right people knowing that you can't change people? As you say, how do you navigate that? Well, you have to just, that's a good, great question. And, you know, you have to, you have to decide and it happened with Richard because Richard had, we had a blended family and there was, it wasn't always perfect, but we, you have to decide how much of, what can you deal with? Where, where are you willing to shift a little to the right? And they shift a little to the left and it's not always perfect, but you got, you're constantly working on it. And it's, Relationships aren't about perfection. Believe me, there were days where I was like, I can't stand you. Because you know, we all go through that, right? And but we we worked through it. And at, at the at the end of the day, our core value system was the same. Mm-hmm. And we had sort of this, 
you know, my mother always said to me, find someone that has like hobbies. You know, if you have good hobbies with your relationship, you probably stay together a long time. And it's true. You see these couples that are tennis people or golf people. You know what I mean? You know those people? Yeah. Well, you, it's like, like you, I, it's so true. I, I think we're all, I think we all get a little bit um, sidetracked by that phrase opposites attract. And I made those mistakes in relationships when I was younger. And now I realize, no, you want somebody who has the same core values from you as you and who likes to do the same things because you want to enjoy life together because we life's short. And I think the thing that's great is you, and we all know that moment when you're, you know, I think what, and this is what happened with Ralph. I wasn't looking for another husband. I had a young daughter. I was really about just getting her, you know, my whole thing was I got divorced, not Hannah. So I don't want to change the mm. environment. And, and Ralph literally had a key to our apartment. So Ralph was in the apartment all the time. We didn't have a schedule. And I just liked the rhythm. I was very frightened of that, that sort of male, another male energy around my daughter that alpha because I could see in other relationships how that would change the relationship between the mother and the daughter. And I didn't want any of that. And I really did have a golden rule. And you can ask Hannah, no one slept at my house. Never. So I'm not saying I didn't sneak out every once in a while when she was with her father. Okay. I was <laughs> an angel, Okay, but she never knew it. You know what I mean? As far yeah. as she was concerned, it was consistent, consistent. <clears throat> but the thing where Ralph was, Richard was very smart with me is that, you know, I thought I was catching him, but he was really catching me. It was a funny thing before you knew it. It was just funny because I was doing everything to like show him how independent I was and how I was never. And I remember one day at the Stanhope, I, I said to him, you know, you're never going to sleep over the house. So we're just going to get that straight right now. You'll never sleep in my apartment. You do know that. I'll never forget it. We were at the um, Stanhope. And he was like, well, that's okay, uh, Mrs. Miss Miss Lynch, because one day you're I'm going to be waking up to every day, and I and I just thought, wait, wait a second, how did he just twist? That? You are one cocky bastard, but I like it. <laughs> I like where you're going with this, sir. Somehow he one upped it. Patience, and before you know it, I thought I was running the show, and before you know it, I was in the back seat, and he was running the show. He, I mean, you, but that's what you needed. You needed somebody who was going to be clever like that. I was running along and I was like, I'm running, I'm running faster. I'm the best. I'm running. All of a sudden I looked to the left and he was just running next to me. I'm like, well, that works. So let's just keep running together. And it was just like that. And I think that's when, you know, when it's kind of seamless a little bit, there's no awkwardness. There's no over-negotiating. There's no changing. There's no having to be a different person. I didn't have to alter my motherhood a single bit. In fact, he enhanced it. And that was my biggest thing. You know, I do this with Hannah. I used to lay out all these things. I do that to the point where I never got rid of this apartment that I'm back in now. And I said to him, I went, but you know, once we get married, I'm still going to spend weekend. I'm still going to take Hannah back to the apartment and spend a weekend with us. He's like, just leave all the furniture, leave everything there. you want to go do a girl's weekend with your daughter at the apartment. Go. So, and, and consequently it barely ever happened. But if he had said no, I'd be like, well, I'm going right now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it, it's just that he simple thing of like, me. It's, but it should be easy. As you just said, I, I think easy. when we're young, again, we hear a lot relationships, take work, take work. And then I, I found myself getting confused by I'd be in a difficult relationship and I would think, well, everybody says they take work. No, no, no. Relationships might take work, but they shouldn't be work. No, that's exactly right. Listen, you have to, because listen, monotony, I think the worst thing for monotony for relationships is to get lazy and monotonous. Like when mm. you just don't keep 
you know, so Richard and I did a really great thing. The first Wednesday of every month, we would do a staycation in New York City. And Wednesdays, he would leave on Wednesday mornings. And he'd say to me, I'm going to tell you at three o'clock where to meet me. And he would book somewhere crazy in New York. And we'd pretend like we were in visitors in New York. And it really was fun because, you know, we would go out, we'd be that person. We'd have great sex. You know what I mean? Because you could be a different person again, right? He was because, a you know, the monotony of life of brushing your teeth and blah, yeah. blah, blah, you got to do this. Here's your schedule. Do this and eating dinner and all you know, it kind of got once a month. You kind of became, I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. I ran down. Um, by the way, I also want you to come back on TV because I feel robbed of not seeing you dating again. But I'm wondering where you're at with that because you and John, and I know you still maintain a beautiful relationship with John, as you always do. I just saw but- it for his birthday. So are you going to start dating again? And, and could we see I'm that? I'm trying. I, I joined that. this thing called The League. Do you know The League? Is, is this a dating app? Yeah, it's called The League. It's like uh, it's like some, you know, members only kind of, oh. I don't know. I, they reached out to me and I, I joined and it's a really great app. It's very bad. I'm just not fully in the city yet. And I just can't seem to get my head around it. Like, I'm so good on the texting because you're like, oh, they'll be like, oh, it's happy hour. And Josh from, you know, the Upper East Side is interested in your profile. And I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> when, why wouldn't he be? And why wouldn't he be? So I'll be like, hi, Josh. Nice to meet you. And I'll go through the whole thing. And then they're like, do you want to meet for dinner next week? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I just can't get you're like, there. I'm out of the Berkshires. Well, yeah, because I, I I have to get back in, I think this fall, but yes, I'm very open to it. Yeah. Why not? I like, why not? So have you watched, have you been watching this season of New York? Yes. Okay, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. a really great, great character. And that was New York City. Okay. Dorinda, that's what I was going to say. I feel like the show because, and I do think it was because of the pandemic, obviously in huge part. Yeah. It's a lot of we're on buses. We're, we're not living in the city. The women aren't dating. And I, and I do wonder how much the pandemic had to do with that. I miss well, the dating. think about it. Unlike any other franchise, and they went out there and did it, which wasn't easy to film during COVID. I, like, I would have found that difficult. Okay? City was empty. You got to remember, unlike any other franchise where people have big houses and huge backyards and husbands and families and all this, we play in New York, live in New York, eat in New York. New York is a character. So when, and we are pedestrian livers in New York. So it is your backyard. Yeah. Think about the scenes of us in New York, in the park, on the sidewalk, in mm-hmm. bars. So when you take this beautiful character out, that was tough. So is there anything you would have done differently for this season? I think the only thing I think I would have encouraged I think what it could have been a help, I would have had them stay at Bluestone Manor more. <laughs> like I would have done like a whole week, like instead of just back, back and forth, they have to, I think we could have maybe padded it out a bit if we'd done like a huge Halloween, you know, because I definitely yes. went crazy. We did a huge Christmas and we kind of got, you know, that kind of maybe would have helped to satiate the the um, audience a little more because people love all that. And, and I do think they miss Bluestone Manor a lot because it just brings joy. Dorinda, I mean, I've never, there's never been a response like the response of what are we doing here without Dorinda on this season <laughs> of The Real Housewives of New York City? Everybody says it. Every Bravo fan account who I follow and who I message with, we're all like, you know what would have made this season better? Dorinda Medley. <laughs> what are we doing here without Dorinda? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> 
It doesn't, I mean, <laughs> I'm just giving you my review. First of all, there's not enough women. I don't think five's enough women. No. And you know who would have been it's a great six? You. you know, I thought of Sonia a lot while I was reading your book, Make It Nice, because I've always sort of thought about you and Sonia in, a, in so, sort of parallel ways because you've both talked about like loss on the show. And there was that issue where, you know, sometimes she would say her, you know, her divorce and you're like, divorce is not a death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I suppose what I thought about, and I love Sonia is like, I, I kind of almost wanted Sonia to read your book and be like, what, what growth can she get out of it? I don't know. It made me wonder if you talked to Sonia, what kind of place do you think she's in? Because a lot of this season has been them, you know, criticism of Sonia. Well, the problem is I, I I mean, I love Sonia. Sonia's a great character. She's got a big heart. She really does. I haven't really talked to her this year. She's just been sort of, you know, I think just, I don't even know if she's been in New York. Every time you see her Instagram, she's in a different place. And, you know, I think for me that has been very helpful is that I think that you got to just be in in the present. Mm. Because, you know, whenever I go down and I've gone down that road where at the past and we, and we tend to do it as women, we, we, we could sugarcoat what was, we talk about the past, we talk Glamorize about what it. was, and we don't talk about what could be. And, and that's a really, you know, I see it all the time on the Upper East Side, these women that are still living as Mrs. So-and-so, but they were divorced 15 years ago and, and they still got on the shoes from Palm Beach. They got with their husband and I just, it, it makes me sad because there's so much life to live and things change so quickly. And, you know, for God's sake, she could be covering a marriage. And I could be that crazy woman at 80 that gets married again. You just don't know, but you have to I open think you will yourself be. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You open yourself up. It's amazing how many things the past is really different. The past is a really tricky anchor. And we've, mm-hmm. I've done it. Believe me. I've had nights where I'm like, I just want to go back. You know, I like me. You know, and I have to just snap out of it because, that which you can't change, don't dwell on. You know what I mean? Well, you had a beautiful life. And I, and I think that is where people get caught in the anchor of the past is when it was a good anchor, you know? And yes. it's it's easier to move on when you're like, I'm leaving this crap behind. Well, that's not, it. Yeah. I, I think that's true. And I think also true, you know, not that I did, but, you know, everybody does it. You tend to candy coat as time goes on. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Richard, Richard would be thrilled because I only, he's, he's basically like an icon in he's the a world saint. now. Yes. Yeah, he's a saint. And he wasn't always a saint. Believe me, I, one day I threw a player spaghetti at him because he, he would stop talking. I was like, that's a true story. And you know what he did? He just looked at me and said, I guess we're having spaghetti tonight. I was like. And the, he true. turned it on you. That's I what he did. I I went, because he said something really cheeky and it just pissed me off. You know what I mean? Oh, God. But there's it's... none of that anymore. Now he's an icon. He is. Yeah. Well, you, know? you um, I know you have another interview to get to, so I'm going to let you go soon. But there's, there's again, so many nuggets in this book. Make it nice. Get it now. Everywhere books are sold. You also did the Thank audio book you. yourself. And the audio is in my voice. If that you matters. wanted to make it a conversation. Um. I, it's the perfect book for people right now. You say at one point, I think it's in the first few pages, you say we endure more than we think we can. We can endure more than we think, which is so incredible and true. Um, Isn't that true though? You know, if I was going to say, someone said, what is your takeaway from after re, after doing it? It's God, you know, I'm much stronger than I, than I remembered myself being. Like, it's amazing what you, if you put your mind to it, you really can endure a lot of stuff. 
and you can wiggle your way through it. Like, you know, if you just keep moving forward. You say at one point in the book, wash your face and take a walk. Wash your face. Exactly. But it is that simple. Wash your face. It's that simple. Here's what we've learned today. Pause, wash your face, take a walk. And don't marry assholes, which is incredible advice, Dorinda. It's just top top to bottom perfect. Are you open to doing Real Housewives of New York again? Why not? Are we going to see you on some kind of all-stars show? I don't know. Why? (laughs) No, that's a rumor that is circulating. And I don't see anybody that's confirmed or denied it in that sense. What would you like to see? I want both. I absolutely want both. I want, I want to end asking you a personal question. Go ahead. What would Richard think of where you are now? Oh, you know, it's, it, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just know. You- <laughs> I think Richard would be totally surprised. I wrote a book because he thought I talked too much <laughs> to write a book. You told me I can't keep my mouth shut enough to talk, to write a book. And I like people too much. And I think my dad said it to me the other day. He said, you know that Mr. Matthew's very proud of you, Dorinda. She said, we're proud of you. But you know, he's so proud of how you went forth and you prospered. I, I'm sorry. It's 10 years past this year. This year. And like grief, I said to someone the other day, you know, and you suffer it and you suffer it forever. It just, they said, what happens to you? It doesn't get smaller. You just get bigger. Mm. Right. It's still there. And you, but there. you get bigger. So you, you, you know. And you right? have Dorinda Medley, you have written a book. You have, you were in Vogue twice, including yes. for promoting this book. You have been a, become a television star. You have done all those things. And I, I can't imagine how proud he would be of you. Um, and I, and I am also so impressed by how you've continued his memory in so many ways and helped him live on. And you're just an inspiration. So again, I can't even tell everybody how the earmarks on this book, the the things I've (laughs) underlined in this book, everybody needs to get, make it nice. It's going to change your life. And Dorinda Medley, you are lighting the way. Um, you say in here, making it nice is not just about the outside stuff. It's about making it through. It's about getting knocked down and getting up again. And Dorinda Medley, you have, you have done that a million times over. Well, that was wonderful. I'm currently feel like doing my next one at four <laughs> o'clock. Now I just want to go. Now I just go want to get, go get another olive jar. <laughs> Dorinda, I, I literally have to let you go in this very minute because the yeah. Zoom is going to end after an hour and I know you have another one. I love you. You're I amazing. love you too. I can't wait to see you soon. I know I wouldn't come to them. It's going to happen. You will come. Bye. No, everyone. That was Dorinda. Dorinda. What am I doing here without Dorinda? Well, I'm not doing as well as I could be if she was with me. I adore her. Dorinda Medley. Thank you for your time. Go get her book. Make it nice. And now we are wrapping up episode two of Chic Shit Only. I love this chance to talk to you all again. And so you guys, I want to uh, hear from you, babes. I'm going to post some polls on my Instagram asking for questions that you have. I would love to answer them for you, like to chit chat back with each other, to give you some advice if you'd like it. And I also would really appreciate if you would like, follow, subscribe, and rate the podcast because it makes all the difference in the world. I love you so much. Thank you so much. 
Talk to you soon. Bye.